about ready to start our next uh, lecture, which is with Sheikh Salim Al-Anwi. Uh, for those of you who have been to GMAS before, um, I know that's sure you're familiar with the Sheikh and uh, you know that heard a lot of his talks. Um, for those of you who haven't, just to give you a brief introduction, uh, Sheikh Salim is from the UAE and uh, he's a student of knowledge there and he's studied under some of the early students of Sheikh Nasiruddin Al-Albani, including Sheikh Ali Hassan. Uh, the talk is going to be on the journey of the soul, inshallah, and that will take us up to approximately 5.30. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار Brothers and sisters in Islam Our topic is the journey of the soul But before we delve into the topic inshallah I would like to remind myself and to remind you and to remind mankind in general that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored man. He has created man by his own hands. He made the angels to prostrate for man. The angels prostrated for Adam alayhi salam. He created man in the Jannah. Yet, man, the majority of mankind are ungrateful. They are ungrateful to their Lord, who created them, who brought them into being from nothing. And He is not in need of us, but we are in need of Him. We are totally dependent on Him. And as it is known to everyone, or at least many of us, that man consists of two things, body and soul. Soul is the driving force. Those who know things in, in the IT field consider the soul like the operating system. The computer by itself will not function without the operating system. It is there, the frame, everything is there, but it will never function. Even if you power it, it needs the software. So this body, without the soul, will just crumble and decompose and go back to its initial ingredients. So it's the soul that is giving this driving force, this dynamism, etc. So now we have two ingredients, two components, the body and the soul. 
We have, man has paid a lot of attention to the body but neglected the soul. So what happened? The soul started to cry. It needs sustenance. It needs food. And the sustenance for the soul is the ibadah. To obey its creator. Many attempts in many religions, whether they are revealed religions like Christianity or Judaism or earthly religions like Buddhism and Hinduism. They try to bring that balance between the body and the soul. But all these attempts failed miserably. Why? Because they don't know the real nature, the very nature of the soul. Only its creator knows. For instance, in Hinduism, they say in order to, to achieve that peace of mind and the tranquility within yourself, you need to mortify the body. You need to torture the body to release the soul. So the soul is under the shackles of this body. So release the soul by mortifying and punishing the body. Buddhism renounced this completely mundane life and the pleasures of it. Judaism, the opposite. You become completely sucked into it, into the dunya. Those who know the Bible, what Jesus Christ, peace and blessings of Allah upon him, he chased the money lenders from the temple. They were exchanging and business, making business inside the temple. That's Judaism. Christianity, monasticism, celibacy. You renounce this thing. You don't get married. Against the fitrah. So all these attempts failed. Many Christian countries, let's take for instance Sweden. They have the highest rates of suicide among the youth. Because, because of that spiritual vacuum, you try to fill it. Fill it with what? Drugs, women. Then you get fed up. Fed up. Still, the soul is crying. Finally, you decide to get rid of this life and terminate, thinking that that's how you will achieve peace. You don't know that your misery is going to start then. Your misery is going to start when you leave this world. Habib ibn Hajar Asqalani, rahimahullah, who was in Egypt, he was the chief of the judges or qadi. And he was riding a chariot, dragged by a horse, and wearing nice clothes. So a Jew, a Jew stopped him and said, look, your prophet said, dunya jannatul kafir wa al-mu'min, that this dunya is the prison for the believer, and it is the garden and the jannah for the disbeliever. But see yourself and see myself. See my clothes and your clothes. My clothes are chabby, and yours are beautiful ones. So who's in the prison and who's in the Jannah? The Jew said that. Ibn Hajar Asqalani said, the Prophet says the truth. You are indeed in the Jannah because what is there in store for you, what awaits you there is the hellfire. 
they're placing fire. So you are in the Jannah now. But for me, I am in the prison. And what awaits me there is something cannot be imagined. And the Jew embraced Islam on the spot. So, this soul, what's the reality of this soul? First of all, it is a material entity. It is material. It is created. We say it is material, it is a body, it is jism, and Hafiz <coughs> Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he produced more than 100 proofs that the soul is an entity, physical entity. Though, we don't know about its real nature, except what Allah told us. As Allah said, And they ask you, O Muhammad وسلم, concerning the ruh, say the ruh is one of the things, the knowledge of which is only with my Lord. And of knowledge, you mankind have been giving only a little. And we'll just mention a few of the evidences or proofs that it is material. Allah says, وَلَوْ تَرَى إِذَا الظَّالِمُونَ فِي غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ بَاسِطُوا أَيْدِيهِمْ أَخْرِجُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَوْنَ عَذَابَ الْهُونِ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ غَيْرَ الْحَقِّ وَكُنْتُمْ عَنْ آيَاتِهِ تَسْتَكْبِرُونَ Which means, and if you could but see when the polytheists and the mushriks, wrongdoers, are in the agonies of death, when they are dying, while the angels are stretching forth, the angels are stretching forth their hands, saying, deliver your souls. Bring out your souls. So the angels are waiting for this soul to take it. This day you shall be recompensed with the torment of degradation because of what you used to utter against Allah other than the truth. So, the angel of death will come. And he has helpers. And it is the angel of death who takes the soul and collects it from the different parts of the body. And that's why the prophet, and then it will be wrapped in a piece of cloth. And a nice smell will come of the soul of the believer and unpleasant smell from the ruh or the spirit of the disbeliever. And then it will be taken. And the Prophet ﷺ said in the authentic hadith, he says, the sight follows the soul. Have you seen a person dying? Anyone? Can you raise your hands? Okay. A person who is dying, his sight will be looking up always. Because the soul is taking up and the sight is following it, tracing it. That's why you close the eyes after that. So, the ruh, is it created or eternal? The answer, it is created. It's not eternal. Allah says, قُلِ اللَّهُ خَالِقُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَحَّارِ 
say Allah is the creator of all things, including the ruh. And whoever wants to exclude the ruh, say produce your evidence of your saying the truth. Allah is saying He created everything. Everything. Time, space, everything He created. Including the ruh. Allah is the creator of, all, the creator of all things. He's the one, the supreme, irresistible. Then, another question. Which one was created first? The soul or the body? This is an issue Muslim scholars discussed. One opinion says that the soul was created before the body. And this is the opinion of Imam Ibn Hazm, rahimahullah. And this is based on the ayah 172 in Surah Al Araf. Where Allah says, And remember, when your Lord brought forth from the children of Adam, from their loins, their seed, and made them testify as to themselves, saying, Am I not your Lord? They said, Yes, we testify. Lest you, lest you should say on the day of resurrection, Verily, we have been unaware of this. And the Prophet ﷺ explained this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He wiped the the back of Adam alayhi salam. And he took from the back and the lewis of Adam, all his children, before he created us. He took them. And he addressed them. Who can recall? We can't recall this. But addressed us. Am I not your Lord? And we all confessed, all of us, all mankind confessed, Yes, you are our Lord. And that's the fitrah, which is ingrained inside us. The second other opinion of the scholars, Muslim scholars, says no. The body, the body is created before the soul. And they are saying, the evidence is what Allah said in Surah An-Nisa, that is Surah 4, Ayah 1. Ya ayyuhal nasu attaqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsi wahida. وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا زَوْجَهَا وَبَثَّ مِنْهُمَا رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَنِسَاءً وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا Which means, O oh mankind, be dutiful to your Lord, who created you from a single person, that is Adam a.s. And from him, from Adam, he created his wife Hawa. And from both, he created many men and women. And fear Allah, through whom you demand your mutual rights. And do not cut the relations of the wounds. Kinship. Surely Allah is ever and all watch over you. So what is the evidence in this ayah? The evidence is in, is in the proposition. In the proposition min, which means from. This is the evidence. That preposition min, from. So in this ayah, it is explicitly stating that the entire human race is created after the creation of its origin. The origin of mankind is Adam. Thus, the expression min, which is from, is used. 
And in the other hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which is in Sahih Muslim, about the creation of man, he said ﷺ, then after 40 days, it becomes a lump of flesh. And Allah sends His angel to breathe life into it. What is the life into it? What is that? That is the soul. So the body has been fashioned. The body has been fashioned and completed. And now the soul has to be breathed into the body. So which preceded the other? The body. As well to convey instructions concerning for other things, etc. So had the soul been existing already or created, it would have been said, then he sensed the soul. He sensed the soul. But the expression is different. Instead of breathing the soul. There's a difference between breathing and sending. Now, what is the difference between ruh and nafs? The answer, they are synonymous. Ruh is nafs, nafs is ruh. That's simple. And they are used interchangeably. Interchangeably. Does the soul... Another question now. Does the soul perish? Will the soul be perished? Some of the scholars, they said so. They say that the soul, the ruh, will die, will taste death. And that's what Allah said. Kullu nafsin maut. Every nafs shall have a taste of death. This is one of the proofs of those, of those who are saying that the ruh will perish. Another evidence, Allah said, كُلُّ شَيْءٍ هَالِكٌ إِلَّا Everything that exists will perish. Everything will perish except his own face. And the ruh is a thing, so it will perish as well. Are you following me, brothers and sisters? Now let us discuss this opinion. The argument as follows. This argument is based on two premises and conclusion. The two premises, nafs tastes death, as Allah said. Nafs tastes death. Second assumption, ruh is nafs. Therefore, the ruh will die. Nafs will taste death. Second, nafs is ruh. So ruh will taste death. This is the argument. How to refute this? Not always nafs means ruh. Not always. It depends on the context. It depends on the context. Allah says, because sometimes the ruh means the person himself. It means what? The person himself. It is the combination of the ruh and the body. Allah says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ No, kill yourselves. That your persons. Also Allah said, فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بِيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ Do you salute the soul? No. But if you enter houses, salute each other. Say, Salaamu Alaikum. 
Okay? This is it. Also, when they say that Allah says, كل شيء هالك إلا وجهه كل is not always means كل. Listen to this. Not always every means every. Depending on the context itself. Because <clears throat> their argument is that everything perishes except his face. Ruh is a thing, therefore the ruh will be perished. How to refute that? Not everything always will be perished. But everything that Allah decreed to be perished. Will the Jannah be perished? Isn't the Jannah a thing? Sir, it is not everything, it is anything that Allah decreed and wanted it to be perished. So the argument that everything will perish is, is untrue. Because Allah said, see the Quran. If you want to understand your deen, read the Quran. And read the key of the Quran, which is the Arabic language. Allah says, تُدَمِّرُوا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهَا بِأَمْرِ رَبِّهَا فَأَصْبَحُوا لَا يُرَى إِلَّا مَسَاكِنُهُمْ كَذَلِكَ نَجْزِي الْقَوْمَ الْمُجْرِمِينَ Allah is talking about the wind by which Allah destroyed Aad. He said, destroying everything. Listen. تُدَمِّرُوا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ Destroying everything by the command of its Lord. So they became such that nothing could be seen except their dwellings. So the dwellings could be seen. So were the dwellings destroyed? They were not. Though the ayah says, destroys everything. So not always kul, every means every. It depends on the context. And the soul is exempted. It will not perish. What is the proof that it is exempted? It will not perish. Allah said regarding the Fir'aun, Ali Fir'aun, النار يعرضون عليها غدوا وعشيا ويوم تقوم الساعة أدخلوا آل فرعون شد العذاب which means the fire they are exposed to it morning and afternoon and on the day when the hour will be established cause Fir'aun, Pharaoh, people and his people to enter the severest punishment so now the punishment for Ali Fir'aun for the body of Pharaoh or his soul? Answer, brothers. The soul. Because the body of Pharaoh is in the museum in Cairo. But their souls are exposed to the fire day and night. That means the souls are not perished. Because they are constantly exposed to the punishment. And in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, as the hadith in Sahih Muslim, he said, Allahumma rzuqna shahadata fi sabilika ya rabbal alameen. Allahumma grant martyrdom to us, O Allah. He said, the ruhs, the ruh, and the souls of the martyrs, the shuhada, are carried by green birds in the jannah. The, the souls of the shuhada, the martyrs, are carried by green birds in the Jannah. They are not perished. Immediately, brothers and sisters, ask Allah martyrdom. That is the highest 
straight forward to the Jannah. Seconds and you are in the Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ, when he was reporting what happened in the battle of Mota, and he said Ja'far bin Abi Talib was carrying the flag in his right hand, and then they chopped his right hand, he carried it with the left hand, then they chopped the left hand, he carried it with the remaining parts, then they killed him. And now by Allah, I am seeing Ja'far flying in the Jannah with two wings with the angels. In seconds, in seconds Ya'far was flying with angels in the Jannah. That is martyrdom. And the Prophet ﷺ said in Sahih Muslim, مَنْ سَأَلَ اللَّهَ الشَّهَادَةَ بِصِدْقٍ بَلَّقَهُ اللَّهُ مَنَازِلَ الشُّهَدَى وَإِنْ مَاتَ عَلَى فِرَاشِهِ If you ask Allah sincerely the shahada, Allah will grant it to you even if you die in your bed. So the ruhs of the shuhada are not perished, are carried in green birds. Therefore, brothers and sisters, the souls, they don't perish. But only they leave the body. And they remain there. And in the day of resurrection, what will happen? The body decomposed into the earth. What will happen? It will be reformed again. And when it is ready, what will happen? The sky will rain water. This water is not normal water. It's like the semen. Like the semen of men. And then the souls will go back to the bodies and reunite. And then the graves will open and people will come out. Having said this, brothers and sisters, how to maintain this ruh and keep it in a healthy condition. That is what we call tazkiyatun nafs. Purifying this nafs. And as you know, tazkiyah means purifying. And the importance of tazkiyah is known to everyone. Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ Indeed, he succeeds, who purifies his, his soul, his himself, and indeed he fails, who corrupts himself. Imam ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, and I advise my brothers and sisters to read the books of Ibn al-Qayyim. You want your heart to soften? Read the books of Ibn al-Qayyim. Read the Quran, of course. The Quran softens the heart. But Ibn al-Qayyim, he extracts the benefits and the pearls out of the Quranic verses and the prophetic traditions. He said, Rahimahullah, in his book, Madari al-Salikin, he said, the nafs is a single entity. Although its state may change from the nafs amara to the nafs lawama to the nafs mutmainna. So there are three aspects of the same nafs. Sometimes the nafs is amara. It urges you to do sinfulness. Look to this beautiful woman. Look that. Look there. That is nafs amara. Then there is nafs lawama that rebukes you, blames you. After doing it, you start to feel guilty. What did I do? Why did I, why did I do this? You feel your chest is so narrow, squeezed. That is nafs lawama. It blames you. Then there is another nafs, another aspect of it. Mutma'inna. Calm. Nothing shakes it. Allah 
Verily, in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts find what? Tranquility, peace. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his book, in an, he said, in And I do call to witness the nafs that blames. The purification of the souls, brothers and sisters, is a gift from Allah. We should always be grateful to Allah. First of all, you should be grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you this chance to come to this event. Isn't this a blessing from Allah? Indeed it is. You could have been there in your home, moving from one station to another station, and stuck to the telly, right? But Allah blessed you to come for this number of days, and to hear what will soften your heart, and remind you about your real role in this life. So always be grateful to Allah. So now we want to keep this nafs and purify it. So our scholars, rahimahumullah, they classified the types of jihad, strife, working hard. They said jihad are four levels, or four types. Number one, jihad in nafs. Then jihad is shaitan. Then jihad against the kuffar and the rejectors of the truth. And then jihad against the munafiqeen. We will only interested in this talk about the jihad against our nafs. The jihad against the nafs has degrees. First of all, how to strive against your nafs. First of all, to train this nafs to learn the guidance. Train it to learn the deen. I'm sure many of you decided many times to go to study circles. I want to learn the deen, enthusiastic, and then started huh, feeling lazy and back to square one. It happens. So you have to be firm with your nafs. So you train your nafs to learn the deen. You, okay, this is five days a week. On the weekend, maybe Saturday or Sunday or two days, there are study circles and this masjid and that masjid. Finish. I will not do anything. I will just go to the study circle and learn my deen. And then, you learn your deen, you start to practice whatever you learn. And then you call others to what you learned. You call them and you disseminate and pass this knowledge to others. And then the way to the Jannah is not furnished with red carpets. Many of us, they want the Jannah and yet they want to be nice and they want not to be wounded, not to be touched, not to be harmed. Are we dearer to Allah than his prophet, than his prophets? Not only the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Zakariah. What happened to him? Prophet Zakariah. What happened to him? He was cut into two halves alive. What happened to John the Baptist, Yahya alayhi salam? He was beheaded. What happened to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? They placed the placenta of the she camel on his back. Uqba bin Abi Mu'ayt strangled him. He was wounded. 
Do you think the way of Jannah is easy? Do you think you can stay complacent in London and you want the Firdaus? Hmm, doesn't work that way. You have to pay the price for that. This is the reality you have to wake up. Wake up and strive and work hard. And then bear the consequences. You are, make, you are in the field of da'wah. You will be punished. You will be tested. You know what the Prophet ﷺ said? Those who love me, those who love me, if you love the Prophet ﷺ, you will be tested quite often and frequently if you love the Prophet ﷺ. If you are untouched, nothing is happening to you, check yourself. Yes, check yourself, I'm serious. And if you recall on Friday, I mentioned what the Salaf said. One of the Salaf asked his colleague, are all your neighbors happy and with you? He said, yes, there's something wrong with you. You're not enjoying what is right and forbid what is wrong. It's impossible that all the people, they like you. Impossible. How to achieve the Tazkiyah? First of all, you should have correct aqidah, correct belief. Sufi believe you will not achieve tazkiyah. You have to know the correct aqidah. Ash'ari believe, Mu'tazili believe, you will not achieve tazkiyah. You should have the aqidah of the salaf, the aqidah of the Prophet, the aqidah of the companions. Then, knowing Allah, you should know your Lord, know the names of Allah, know the attributes of Allah. Many of us, they don't know their Lord. You, you ask anyone, where is Allah? You say, A'udhu Billah, this is kufr, you should not ask this question. <laughs> I asked this to a sheikh, he said, this is kufr. I said, the one who asked this question is a kafir. He said, definitely. He said, the Prophet said that. In Sahih Muslim. So the Prophet is kafir? Huh? What is this? The little children go now, just go on and ask any little child, where is Allah? Up, up, up. <laughs> so the children are cabins. The fitrah is token. The fitrah is token. So Allah, know Allah by, your, by His names and attributes. And then, you should stick and abide to the kitab and sunnah. If you don't do that, you will make blunder. And I'll just quote what Ghazali mentioned in his book, Ihya Ulum al-Din. Abu, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. He mentioned in his book, Ihya Ulum al-Din, volume number four, page 356. He said, نَظْرَةٌ إِلَىٰ وَجْهِ أَبِي يَزِيدَ الْبُسْطَامِ أَفْضَلْ مِنْ سَبْعِينَ نَظْرَةِ إِلَىٰ وَجْهِ اللَّهِ Which means, a look, one look, at the face of Abu Yazid al-Bustami is better than seeing the face of Allah 70 times. Ihya Alum al-Din, volume number 4, page 356. It 
Seeing the face of Abu Yazid al-Bustami is better than seeing the face of Allah 70 times. What is this? Then, one if, who is striving to achieve the taqwa should take it step gradually. Not full swing. Not full swing, but you go gradually. For instance, if you go, you want to make tahajjud, one of the brothers, he tried to, to do what the Prophet ﷺ did. The Prophet ﷺ, he read Surah Al-Baqarah, and Nas, and Nisa, and Ali Imran, in Waraka. So he tried that. Believe me, he told me, second day I couldn't get, get up. I couldn't get up. Because he read Baqarah, Nisa, Ali Imran, in Waraka. So take it easy. And the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, Say, O Allah, you are the originator of the heavens and the earth, knower of the world of unseen and seen, lord and owner of everything. I bear witness that there is no ilah but you. I seek protection. This is what is related to the topic. I seek your protection against the evil of my nafs. I seek your protection against the evil of my nafs and the evil of shaitan and its traps. And he used to say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as a Muslim, Allahumma ati nafsi taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru min zakkaha anta waliyah wa mawlaha. Which means, O oh Allah, grant myself its taqwa and purify it. Verily, you are the best to purify it. Then, muhasaba. Self-inventory. We have to check every day. Every day you have to check yourself. Every day. Before you go to bed. What did I do today? And if you harm anyone or you hurt anyone, you ask forgiveness. Every day before you go to sleep. That's what Umar ibn Khattab used to do. He said to himself, tell me, he used to hit his, his leg every night. Tell me, what have you done today? Where did you go? Umar used to do that. Imam Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak rahimahullah said, when one knows himself very well, then he humbles himself more and more. If you know yourself, you become humble. Al-Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah said, the slave will be doing fine as long as he has an internal warner, a reminder. And self-inventory was preoccupying his mind. He's always busy with his sins, not with the sins of others. He's busy with his own. That if you want to achieve taqwa, leave also what you doubt to that which you don't doubt. The brothers, they have asked me many questions. Mortgage, mortgage, mortgage. Okay? When you know it is haram, haram, haram. Right? You know it. But they, they are looking for the sheikh huh, who will make it easy for them. Okay? They are looking for fatwa that suits their own hawa. And the Prophet ﷺ said, leave what you doubt to that which you don't doubt. What will happen if you don't have your own house? Will you die? No. Carry on, on rent until Allah bless you and give you money and then you buy your own house. Leave the riba. Also, don't give yourself whatever it desires. Don't become a slave for your own self. 
And I'll just quote this hadith. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, one day, he came and he found his son, <coughs> Asim, eating meat. Eating meat. So he said, what is this? He said, meat. He said, I know. So why are you eating meat? He said, because I missed it. I liked it. So Umar said, anything your nurse desires you do, it is enough sin of extravagance that you eat what you desire. And you know something else? The Prophet ﷺ used to tell the Sahaba, you should not comb your hair every day. You know this? He used to tell the Sahaba, don't comb your hair every day. And he used to tell them, walk barefooted. To teach them harshness. Hardness. And believe me, many Muslims, before he, he competes with his wife to sit in front of the mirror. <laughs> huh? His wife wants to put her mascara. And he also wants to put his powder and want to, the facial cream. And it is. Men, Muslim men. Are those Muslim men will convey the message of Islam? Then, avoid excessiveness in token. Don't talk a lot. Control your tongue. Don't laugh a lot. Too much laughter kills the heart. Smile. Don't look to the haram. Allah said, Tell the believing men to lower their gazes. There are many sisters around. Don't look at them. Lower your gaze down. And you are living in such a moral environment. So the best thing for you, unless you are looking for trouble. Are you? So you are not looking for trouble, so lower your gazes. Also, protect your ear. Don't lend your ear to anyone. Those backbiters, slanderers. He comes and he tells you, don't listen to this. This one is deviant. This one, say, shh. I have enough sins, load of sins. I can't, I don't want anymore. Leave me alone for the sake of Allah. Then, some people, they keep wishing, wishing. You know, they sleep and they keep wishing, fantasizing, that's it. In the morning they get up, it's not, it's not real, it's virtual. Okay? One brother told me, he said, he was jobless. So he said, I can't sleep. So, because he is, all the, during the day he's sleeping, at night it's difficult. How to sleep? He say, I invent projects. <laughs> so I'm project manager and this is my company and... I am gaining, losing, till you sleep. In the morning, bankrupt. <laughs> also avoid eating a lot. Avoid eating a lot. Avoid mingling with people too much. Don't mingle with people a lot. Keep time for yourself to check yourself. And because time is your life. And there are many things. Obstacles in the way. There are things in our ways, barriers. What are they? Lusts and the doubts. This is shahawat and shubuhat. Lust and doubts. This is one of the barriers. Evil friends. You start become. I'm talking to those brothers who are just, maybe the first time they are coming to this conference, and now, mashallah, they are eager. Yes, we want to be good Muslims. 
And then his girlfriend will call him. I miss you. <laughs> so what you should do, brother? Change the SIM card immediately. <laughs> yes. Change the SIM card. And change the telephone, everything. If you have photos and this, go and burn them. Everything. And keep praying to Allah to keep you steadfast. May Allah protect you and keep you steadfast on the straight path. Amen. Also among the things, the barriers is eating the haram. And also the bid'ahs. And finally, the topic is so fast. Finally, the fruit of Tazkiyah. What is the fruit of Tazkiyah? What will we get? Listen, what Allah said. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ And be quick in the race for forgiveness from your Lord and for a garden whose width is that of the whole of the heavens and the earth prepared for the righteous. This is the Jannah that Allah prepared for you. He also said, Subhana, which is our home, our real home, brothers and sisters, is the Jannah, not this dunya. And may Allah shower His mercy upon Ibn al-Qayyim who said, فَحَيَّ عَلَى جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ فَإِنَّهَا مَنَازِلُكَ الْأُولَى وَفِيهَا الْمُخَيَّمُ فَحَيَّ عَلَى جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ فَإِنَّهَا مَنَازِلُكَ الْأُولَى وَفِيهَا الْمُخَيَّمُ الله أكبر Hurry up Hurry up to an everlasting gardens they are your first dwellings. And therein we will camp. We'll not be camping in Wales. We'll be camping in the Jannah, inshaAllah. Allah said, وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمُرًا حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ طِبْتُمْ فَادْخُلُوهَا خَالِدِينَ This is the Jannah. وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ And those who feed Allah will be led to the gardens in crowds. Imagine someone is driving us in crowds to where? To the Jannah. To the Jannah, the doors of Jannah, as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the width is just like the distance between Amman and Sana'a. Amman in Jordan and Sana'a in Yemen, that is the width of the door. And the day will come when it will be congested. Shoulder should shoulder, squeezing ourselves into the Jannah, inshallah. And we'll be looking, brother, all right. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Oh.
الله سبحانه وتعالى سد لهم ما يشاءون فيها ولدينا مزيد they will be for them there in all that they wish and more besides our presence more what is more sing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sing your Lord imagine you are seeing Allah looking at the face of Allah in the Jannah what a blessing what a pleasure what an enjoyment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said as mentioned in the hadith of Sahih Imam Muslim I have prepared for my pious servants which no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and no human heart has ever thought of you can't imagine what is in the Jannah the palaces of Jannah brothers and sisters are made up of bricks brick one brick of gold and another brick of silver the earth of the Jannah made of musk. Your clothes, no need to stitch clothes in the Jannah. The trees, they open and you take your clothes. Your clothes are made of silk. Also Sahih Muslim, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the inmates of paradise will look to the upper apartment of paradise as you see the planets in the sky. There are different degrees and different ranks in the Jannah. So you will be looking to those above you as you see the planets in the sky. So high. So how to see? How can we see one another in the Jannah? There is a way to see one another in the Jannah, brothers and sisters. And that is in the market of the Jannah. There is a market in the Jannah. And we Muslims in the Jannah and the believers, they see one another every, in every week. Every week. In paradise, the Prophet ﷺ said, Oh, the hadith on Sahih Muslim, there is a market to which they would come every Friday. Every Friday, we meet there, inshallah. In the Jannah. The north wind will blow. The north wind will blow. And would scatter fragrance on their faces and on their clothes and would add to their beauty. You become more handsome and loveliness. And then they would go back to their family after having an added luster to their beauty and loveliness. And their family would say to them, their wives would say to them, By Allah, you have been increased in beauty and loveliness after leaving us. And they would say, by Allah, you have also increased in beauty and loveliness. Where is that beauty comes from? From seeing the face of Allah. From watching and looking at the face of Allah, you become more handsome. And your wife also. Also Allah said, regarding the tents, in the Jannah and the Huris. There are many brothers are lovers of Huris. May Allah bless them. They carry their souls in their palms. 
They are already sold their, their lives for Allah. They sold their lives for Allah because Allah has bought their lives. In Allah ashtara min al-mu'minina anfusahum bi'anna lahum al-jannah. Allah have bought their souls. It's a bargain. It's a deal with Allah. And the price is the jannah. So they love the hoodies. We've seen them smiling. Dying smiling. Dying raising the index finger. Why are they smiling? Why? Because they are seeing the akhirah. They're seeing their hoodies. They're seeing their wives receiving them. So Allah said, Tents and hoodies, huriyat in the jannah. Allah said, كَذَلِكَ وَزَوَّجْنَاهُمْ بِحُورٍ عِينٍ Moreover, moreover, we shall join them to companions with beautiful, big and lustrous, lustrous eyes. These are the hoodies in the jannah. And what is the huri? Why it is called huriya? Because of the hawar, the blackness in her eye. The huris, they have big eyes. Beautiful ones. The Prophet ﷺ said, if one huriya only appeared to the people on the earth, would tempt all of them. All the shuyukh, all the memorizers of the Qur'an, all of them. No exception, all of them will be tempted. If a huriya just show her face, the east and the west will be illuminated. The east and the west will be illuminated. These are the huris. She would be wearing, so um, with my with apology to the sister, they should not feel jealous. <laughs> because they will be in the Jannah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove these all feelings. So they will not feel jealous there. And you will be there with your wife. I remember a sister, I said, she said, will, be, will I have a huri, a male huri in the Jannah? I said, no, your husband will be there. He said, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God, he will be also there with me, giving me tough time. I told her, no, he'll be a nice man. Huh? He'll be so gentle. So Allah removes all these things from the hearts. Allah said, These huris, they are confined in the tents. They are so modest, so chaste. They don't leave their houses. They don't roam around. They are in the tents waiting for the husbands. Pure, virgin. They have never been touched. Maqsurat. Lam yatmithunna insun qablahum wala ajan. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there will be a tent in the jannah made of one pearl. One pearl. The one tent. Its height is 60 miles. And the wet's the same, 60 miles. And every cone on that tent, they are wives for you. And they don't see one another. The Prophet ﷺ said, and the hadith is in Tirmidhi, which I think I mentioned, he said, by whom in his hand my soul is, if a woman from among the women of the inhabitants of Jannah appeared to the inhabitants of earth, she would have illuminated what is between the heaven and the earth by her brightness, by her beauty. 
filled. What is in between by her pleasant smell. What is between the heavens and the earth will be filled by her nice smell. You know, women now, they put nice smells. When you pass, she's not there, but, oh, it's nice. The smell is there. Okay? But this huriya, her smell will fill between the heavens and the earth. Will be filled with nice smell. And then he said, only half of her beautiful hair, just the fringe, seeing the fringe only, is better than the whole dunya and whatever they're in. This is what the Prophet said. And this is in Tirmidhi. And it's Sahih ibn Hibbana, it's authentic hadith. And then, sisters, fear Allah. If you want to go to the Jannah, listen to this hadith, what the Prophet is saying. If a woman hurts her husband in this life, the husband is pious. But he didn't make the right choice in the beginning. Now he's suffering. He's practicing, he's not practicing. And she is trying to pull him back to Jahiliyyah. And he is trying to pull her to Iman. And tug of war, you know. Two forces. And maybe she is giving him tough time. And he is feeling a stranger. He said, I have to remove the telly. He said, what? Who brainwashed you? I don't want to hear that anymore, alright? If a woman hurts her husband in this life, in Jannah, the Huriya says, don't upset him. He shouts, the Huriya shouts in the Jannah. Don't upset him by, may Allah destroy you. Don't upset him. May Allah destroy you. Verily, he's only a guest with you. He's a guest. And soon he will be with us. So fear Allah. And the Huri's brothers and sisters, they will be singing for their husbands. I'm sure many of you, his wife, never huh, sang for him. I don't want you to raise your hands. <laughs> but you will have a Huriya who will be singing for you. No need to listen to Beethoven and all these things. Okay? The Huriya is singing for you. And she would be saying, نَحْنُ الْحُورُ الْحِسَانِ نَحْنُ الْحُورُ الْحِسَانِ خُبِّئْنَا لِأَزْوَاجٍ كِرَامٍ Which means, we are the most beautiful huris. We are the most beautiful women. We are the most... No wonder, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepared them for us. Alhamdulillah. And you, you know something now, what the enemies of Islam are doing. They said, the Huris are not actually women. No, no, they are not women. They, and many Muslims, they start to believe them. There are no women there. No, there are women. Plenty. And the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, وَالَّذِي حَدِيثٌ صَحِيحِ الْجَامِعِ Authenticated and checked by our Shaykh Al-Bani rahimahullah. It says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لا يطوفن أحدكم في اليوم والليل على مئة عذراء. By Allah, on whose hand my soul is, the moment in the Jannah will have one hundred huria. One hundred. That's why in the, in the on your tent 
in every corner. Just move from this one to this one to that one. Mashallah. What a joy. That's the Jannah. So she would be singing, We are the most beautiful Huris. We were kept for distinguished husband. For honorable husband. For pious husband. Allah kept us for them. And the hadith is in Sahih al-Jama' authenticated by Sheikh al-Bani. Hadith 1598. And in conclusion, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to admit us into the Jannah and to keep us steadfast upon the straight path and to unite our hearts upon the truth and to bring the Muslims together and to unite their hearts upon the truth and to bring them together and to strengthen them and to support them. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhana rabbika rabbal izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, so we're not going to be able to get through any of the questions immediately after the session. But they will go into um, the main session Q&A later on today, inshallah. Um, we've now got a break, I think, for approximately half an hour. Um, the, next session, the next lecture is at 6 o'clock, which is uh, doing dawa whilst facing propaganda. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum.